0: This week's message comes from our hashtag relationship goals series. Relationships drive our lives. Every relationship we have is an opportunity to become the person God wants us to be. Throughout this series, we will explore the relationship goals that God wants us to have throughout our friendships, dating relationships, and marriages. Now let's get ready to hear a word from God today. Good morning. How is everybody? Good, good. Hey, you look a lot tanner than what I saw you last week, all right? Everyone's been on spring break this week. Everyone have a good time. That's right, I saw you on Facebook. Some of you had a great time, okay? I'm glad you're here today. We're gonna laugh, we're gonna have fun. I want you to budge your neighbor real quick and say, hey man, this guy looks legit, okay? I don't look legit, but what I'm gonna talk about today is legit. I wanna welcome both of our campuses today. We are live between LaGrange and Noonan, and so I wanna welcome both of our campuses. Would you welcome LaGrange? LaGrange, would you welcome Noonan? Glad that you're here with us today. We're in week two of our series called Hashtag Relationship Goals. Some of you sent me that gif all week long, right? Jimmy Fallon doing this. And uh, we're talking about the idea of what we want our relationships in life to aspire to. And uh, last week we identified one key factor to every relationship we have in our life, and that is that every relationship has a status, right? There are some people in our life and our relationship with them is just drifting, And then there are some people in our life, we're in a draining relationship. Don't look at the person next to you. And uh, and then there's the idea that there's some people in our life, uh, they are drowning. Like they are the people in our life, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to save them. And in my attempt to save them, I'm probably going to lose my life, okay? And so there's drowning relationships. And then the best type of relationship is the one that should be a directed relationship, right? That has destiny, it has purpose, it's going somewhere, and more importantly, it's going to the place that God wants it to go. And then we said probably one of the greatest goals that we could start with is this one simple goal of just unselfying ourself. That's not even good grammar, but it certainly will preach. We just got to unselfie ourselves. So all week long, some of you asked me about the bird I showed last week. Uh, the bird is officially dead. That's right. Someone shot the bird this week. I'd like to thank the guy who assassinated the bird. And here's why. Because the bird had lost its way so much. He had looked into the uh, thing so long. The bird was actually bashing his head into my window over and over and over again. And he kind of lost his brains. Okay. And so some of you are at that place right now in your relationships. You're like, oh my gosh, I keep sitting in the same window and I got to figure out how in the world I am going to get through this In my life. So today I'm glad that you're here. So let me say this what is the whole relationship goals movement about? Here's what it's about it's what we aspire for our relationships to attain to right? It's what we're aspiring. Like we see that picture and we go, oh my goodness, I want a relationship like her. I want a relationship like him. I want to, I want to be a couple sitting at 75 on that park bench or, or I want to be that couple hanging out on that boat uh, on, on Lake Peachtree City, which has no water or Lake Summer Grove, which it, it has water, but you don't want to swim there. And, and it has all this stuff and you say, oh, that's what I want to attain to. And it's what I'm aspiring to. But I wanna give you some very important news today as we look into week two of this series called Hashtag Relationship Goals. God wants more for your relationships than a picture. God wants more for your relationships. See, it's great to go online and see pictures of other people. Like, isn't it great when you can go online and you can actually see a person and they're like, you know, they look awesome and you go, oh, oh, but maybe that's just the picture. God wants more for us than just the picture. In fact, let me say it this way. A picture of a relationship is not the whole picture. Isn't that true? Like sometimes you see a picture of a couple and you go, oh, they look so happy. And then you find out later, they're about to kill each other, right? Like there's gonna be a murder in that house. And, and I don't know who's gonna do it. It's gonna be him or her. And so the, the, the picture is not the whole picture. But we said this last week, we want to pursue relationship truth not just relationship advice. Relationship advice is everywhere. Like you can go to your friends, you can call a phone a friend, you know, text somebody, hey, what should I do in this situation? And advice is good, but advice kind of has that human source. We want truth. Like what does God want from me in my dating relationships? What does God want from me in my friendships? What does God want from me as I choose to date? As I choose to marry? we got to figure all of that out. We don't want just advice. We want truth. And here's why it's important that we understand that a picture is not the whole picture. Here's why. Every relationship has the potential to glorify God. Now, we know it as the, the Westminster Catechism, but basically it's the idea that what is, what, is the purpose of, what is the purpose of my life? And we would say it this way. To glorify God and enjoy Him. So... The idea that every relationship has the potential to bring glory to God. And if that's true, and in bringing glory to God, it can bring purpose to my life. Every relationship, even the relationships we're going to talk about today. So today we're gonna to talk about the one that I know some of you guys are going, oh, I wish we would talk about dating. So today we're gonna to look at dating, okay? Now, as I say that, there are some of you here today, you go, oh, this is not for me. Like, I'm gonna to totally check out. Like, I've been married for, for 25 years. Well, let me say this to you today. Um, I've been married for a long time too. In fact, I brought some pics today. I want you to see one of my dating pics when Tracy and I first started dating. <laughs> 27 years ago. Now listen, I've been married in in less than a month. I will be married 25 years, but I've been dating for 27 years. You know what I'm talking about? Like I've been pursuing this girl for 27 years. And I remember as I sat here in this, this lime whatever color sweatshirt that is, and with the mullet, two words come to my mind, mullet love. Okay, that is sheer mullet love. I am in love with that girl. And I remember sitting, that's at her parents' house when we were dating, when we just started dating. And then there's the picture when we got engaged here, we were still dating. Look at that mullet. That is precious. Party in the back, business in the front. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this is us. But here's the thing I wanna say. We've been married for 25 years, but we've been dating for 27 and there are some of you, as we talk about dating today, this totally fits where you're at in your life even though you've been married because some of you think when you, when you get married, you stop dating. I wanna say it to you this way, marriage should add to your dating life, not end it. It should give you the freedom to take your dating to a whole nother level because whatever it is Tracy and I do in our life, we realize, man, God's given us the opportunity to spend 27 years dating each other. And it's so much more than dinner on a Thursday night. It's like, hey, whenever I can go hang out with you and be around you, I just wanna, I just wanna be near you, like that. For me, are some of the greatest dating moments. And so, dating should never take away at the moment of marriage. It should actually be accentuated. In fact, today as we talk about dating, I have to confess to you, the word dating is not in the Bible. How many of you knew that? Some of you go, oh, it's not in the Bible. So you go, well, how can you stand up and talk about dating today? The word dating is not in the Bible, but the word relationship and marriage and friendship is all throughout the Bible. And so how we date and how we learn to relate to one another is very, very, very important. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, you can look there in your Bible. You can go to the Bible app and look on the events piece, follow us there. We'd love for you to jump on and do that as well. But I want you to hear this as you turn over there. Paul was talking to the church at Thessalonica. They were one of the first churches that probably got a writing from Paul because they believed that this writing of First and Second Thessalonians happened very soon after the death of Jesus. And as he wrote these things, he was writing to them because they were very passionate and generous people. In fact, they were pretty good at their relationships. In the opening part of 1 Thessalonians, he actually praises them. Like, you guys are faithful, and you guys, are, you guys care about each other, and you care about the work of God. And, and he's basically praising them for all of their relationships, and he knows that that's true. But here's the other thing about what he was writing to them about they were in a deep time of persecution. You see, as Paul was writing these words, the church was being persecuted. And here's why they were being persecuted. They were being persecuted because they were so faithful to Jesus and they were so faithful to the resurrection of Christ and the belief that Jesus was coming back soon, right? That whole Maranatha deal, that they were really living out their faith. And so Paul knew this and they were under great persecution and he talks to them a lot about encouragement. He said, I want to encourage you because you are good at encouraging one another, But here's the other thing, he also knew they were living in a cultural crossroads. There was a lot of things going on in that region at that time where it was kind of like an anything goes mentality. It was kind of like even though they were doing good, the culture around them was really struggling. People were doing weird things to each other, there was a lot of bad relationships going on, there was probably some crazy, crazy cultural things that they pressed up against. But Paul says these words to them And it talks to us a lot about the issue of dating and how we should view dating, even in our relationships after we're married, but specifically in our relationships before we're married. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you on how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Look at verse 2. He says, for you know what instruction we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. In other words, what he's saying is this. You know that what I'm sharing with you is truth. It's not just advice. It's like, this is what Jesus wants us to do. And then look what he says in verse three. This is key. He says, it's God's will that you should be sanctified. It is God's will. You know, a lot of times people come to me and they say, hey, Sean, I need some relationship advice or some relationship truth. I don't know that if I should date this person or marry this person. And they always want me to kind of look at the person and kind of check them out. Kind of like you take a car to an auto dealer and say, hey, will you look under the hood, okay? So people come to me and they say, hey, look under the hood, you know? And, and, and a lot of times I say to people, I say, listen, I don't know if it's right for you to date that person or you to marry that person, but there is one thing that I know that is true that God wants for your life. What is God's will for your life? God's will is you should be sanctified. Now here's the problem, we don't understand this word. The word sanctified means that we are set apart for God's purpose, To be set apart. Now, that means that we're not supposed to have relationships just like everybody else. Like, we should have different type of relationships. Remember I said last week, the church ought to be the laboratory that the world looks into and says, oh, that's what a a godly dating relationship or a great marriage looks like or awesome friendships look like. They ought to be able, able to look straight into us. So he says this to it. He says, it's God's will that you should be set apart for God's purpose, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And then look what he says not in passionate lust like the pagans. Remember the cultural crossroads they were in? Who do not know God and that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or a sister, okay? Look around the room right now. Both campuses, look around the room. Look at all the brothers and sisters around you, okay? Some of you go, I had no idea you were my brother or my sister. You are. He's basically saying, look at the people in your life and he says, it's God's will that you be set apart and It's God's will that you should not wrong or take advantage of one another. That word taking advantage means to rip someone off. Now, have any of you guys ever been ripped off before? So I gotta tell you this. I was at a Dillard's the other day and I was shopping the sales rack at Dillard's, right? Like the 9.99 stuff because that's where some of the best stuff is. And so I pulled something off of the shelf and it was nine ninety nine and Tracy said, This is a steal. And I went up to the counter and I began to pay for it. I was like, Oh my gosh, nine ninety nine, this is like a fifty dollar shirt or something, you know? And I put it up there and I saw the Dillard's employee take a sticker and put a sticker and scan the wrong sticker. He was trying to charge me more than what the sale price said. And I took the label and I undid his sticker and I said, no, this costs $9.99, not $29.99. And I thought, that's just like we do in relationships sometimes. We get into relationship with one another and if we're not careful, the motives behind what we want from that relationship, we end up ripping each other off. And let me say this. Dating is one of the greatest platforms where we tend to rip each other off the most. In fact, I've done a lot of reading in the last couple weeks about relationships and specifically the area of dating. I want to tell you, our culture has three different types of views towards dating. I want to talk to you about the first one real quick. It's called, um, excuse me, when we're dumb at dating, we end up ripping each other off. So don't be dumb at dating. Okay. Let's look at the first one real quick. The first type of dating is the hookup. Some of you go, oh, he's going to go there. Yeah, I'm totally going to go there. The hookup. You go, I've never been to a church where they talk. Let me explain, okay? Uh, last year in October, Vanity Fair did a story. In fact, it became a nationally known story called The Apocalypse of Dating. And they basically said this, because of apps like uh, Tinder and and Cupid and all these other little dating apps, what they have learned is that people in their 20s and 30s and even 40s who are single have said, I don't know that I really want a committed relationship, but I certainly would love to hook up with somebody. And so they are doing a sociological study on the effects of people dating with the venue and the thought of, hey, I just want the hookup. And they're beginning to understand the long-term data and the long-term issue that this may cause in people's relationships. Because the hookup is built on this. It doesn't matter if we ever are friends again as long as we can hook up for one night. And so I thought about that. I thought, what is the long-term effect of the hookup dating mentality? Here's what it is. Dating built on hookups will leave us with hangups. It will. It will. The idea of uncommitted dating relationships just happening over and over and over again in our life leaves us with the idea that maybe I am going to face some later hang-ups in my life because if my dating relationships are nothing but hookups, I'm going to eventually going to deal with a lot more hang-ups in my life, and God doesn't want that for us. The second one is this, fantasy dating. Yeah, The Bachelor, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies, um, but I, I want to say this. The idea of fantasy dating is this. It's more about the experience than it is the relationship you're in, right? There are some, and, and I don't mean to pick on girls because guys can do the same way. We, we do it a lot as men, and we do it a lot, uh, women do this too. We have this idea of what we want in the relationship, so the experience of what we do with the individual is more important than the individual, like, if we don't go do this together, then this relationship's not really real. And, and it's almost like fantasy football a little bit, right? Like, if he brings me a rose, that's like five points, right? If, if he takes me to a nice place that's a four-star restaurant, that's 10 points. And if he brings the rose, that's another 10 points, especially if he does it in front of the waiter as they take our order. See, fantasy dating's more about the experience than it is about the person, now, listen, I want to I make this very clear because guys go, yep, yeah, that's it, man. I'm never taking her to a nice place again, and I'm never going to give her a rose. Pastor Sean gave me my out. No, I'm not giving you your out. Here's what I'm saying to men and women if the goal of dating is more focused on the experience than it is the person, it's a fantasy. And it's the idea of I have to one-up each other. Because I know young married couples here, they look at other young married couples and they feel guilty all the time because they're not celebrating the same experiences that someone else says they're celebrating. And there are dating couples here going, oh, if we could just if we could just go there. It's the whole fear of missing out mentality. And that's not the greatest type of dating. The third type of dating is companionship. Companionship dating—it's basically built off of friendship, mutual admiration, time spent together on the relationship, and it's not just about being friends. Because I know I felt this when I was 15. A girl walked up to me one time and she said, "I I, I would love to date you, but we're just too good of (laughs) friends." Are you kidding me? You don't want to date me? (laughs) And, And I just thought, "Oh my gosh!" You know. But the truth is this. Companionship dating is so much more than that. It's the idea that the way that our dating relationship begins, built on companionship, is more important than an experience or a one time hookup. So, parents, I want to tell you after reading this article from Vanity Fair, if I had a 17 year old daughter, I'd lock her up till she's 38. Okay? <laughs> I just want to tell you that, but the truth is this, we have to help the next generation do this. And as older adults, even some of you who are in your forties and you're dating, let's be the model for the next generation of what matters in dating relationships. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's set the course. Let's be the pace. Let's not be dumb at dating and end up ripping each other off. So we need to focus on how we date, not just who we date, right? So why is dating so important? What is the whole principle of dating? Some of us don't even know what, how we would define dating. So I've created my own definition of what I think dating is. Here's what dating is. The practice, everyone say practice. The practice of seeing from a distance, say from a distance, what someone is really like in order to discover, say discover. If they are right for marriage. Hold that screen there for just a second. The practice of seeing from a distance what someone is really like in order to discover if they are right for marriage. Marriage. Can't say it right. I've seen that movie too many times. Dating. If you look at that definition, and this is just my definition, right? I'm not that smart, okay? I just know how to get birds off my windowsill. But I will say this. My definition has three key points. Number one, practice. Dating is practice for how we play in life. Dating is is important because it's practice for how we will eventually marry in life. So some of you go, well, what does it matter how I practice dating? Well, I thought about that. I thought about this in context of this guy, okay? Y'all remember this guy? Some of you know who this guy is. This is Allen Iverson. He stood in front of millions of people after he had lost multiple games, after getting paid millions of dollars. And they said to him, they said, well, uh, Mr. Iverson, we realized that you didn't come to practice very often while your team was in a major NBA slump. And here's what he said. We talking about practice. And I meet people all the time in relationships, specifically in dating, and here's how they they treat dating the same way. Hey, it's just practice, practice. We talking about practice. But I wanna tell you, the way you practice is the way you're gonna play. You wanna win the game? You wanna win the game one day in your dating relationships and in your marriage? Then you better practice well. Because how you practice is going to determine how you what? Play. And that's why some of you ain't got no game. (laughs) Because you ain't practicing. (laughs) This series is going to get better and better. So we need to practice from a distance. Now, think about this. From a distance. To look inside someone's life from a distance. You see, when you're married, you kind of get annoyed at each other. Because you wake up every morning and you smell each other's breath. And you go, you smell like waffles this morning, okay? I mean, the truth is, when you're dating, you get to look into their life from a distance. You get to see what they are really like apart from being married to you. And it's actually a really good thing because you can, I didn't have this when I was growing up. When I I was growing up and I dated a girl, you found out about them in two ways. Number one, what someone wrote about them in their yearbook. (laughs) Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You would look at the back of the yearbook and say, I wonder what they said about her. Or you would ask their friends, like you'd go to their friends, hey, you know so-and-so? She's kind of cute. What do you know about her? she dating anybody? Okay, but now it's all exposed, right? Social media, you can go on anyone's Twitter account, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, and you can look at them, and you from a distance can look into their lives. So I wanna give you guys a little cue up moment here real quick. If you are young between the ages of 20 and 30 and you wanna get a job someday, Please care about your social media account because what you say about yourself is telling your future mate what they are thinking about you. See, my story was different. My wife actually had the girl I was dating in her Bible study. She was actually leading her Bible study over a summer and they were praying for Carrie's boyfriend to give his life to Christ and that was me. And so I also say pray for your future mate because you never know if you're praying for someone else's mate that it's not gonna be your mate, okay? The truth is, you need to, from a distance, be able to look into their life. So practice from a distance in order to discover. Now here's where it gets hard because you have to be truthful. You need to make an honest assessment about that person. Don't just say to them, well, if I start dating them, they'll change. If I marry them, I can I can make him a good man. <laughs> I'll make her a great girl, a great wife. The truth is this, you get to look from a distance to discover. You are in discovery mode, okay? It's kind of like have you ever been to the beach and someone has one of those metal detectors and they're going across the beach looking for a coin? And, and I don't know who ever thought of that hobby. So if you love that hobby, I'm not picking on you. But when I'm laying on the beach, the last thing I'm thinking about is listening to a sonar device. Woo! Okay, and maybe that's cool. Maybe you're gonna dig up something from you know, some pirate or something. But dating is like that opportunity to put the honing device down on the relationship and say, is this real? And if it's not, am I willing to make an honest assessment about it? Because here's the truth. Some of us, all of us know somebody who's in a dating relationship and they're drifting and they're draining and they're drowning. There's not much directing going on. And we wanna say to them, listen, were you honest enough to discover what was really there? What was really there? You see, I see a lot of dads shaking their heads today and here's why. Because you have a daughter and you wanna make sure that your daughter discovers the reality about the man that you wanna give her hand to, give her away to, to another man. We get that. Men get that. And so today we need to discover from a distance and we need to practice dating in the right way. But here's the confusing part about dating sometimes. Don't confuse dating with mating. Now in our culture, if you say I'm dating someone, they immediately think you're mating with someone, okay? (laughs) And that's kind of the deal, like if you have gone so far as to say, we are dating, like we are coupling, okay? I went to Wikipedia the other day and looked up a definition of coupling. It's actually something that joins two axles together, okay? But the thought of it is this, the thought of it is, is that we have confused dating with mating. Because we think if someone's dating, oh man, they're probably sleeping together, they're probably mating, but I wanna say this to you, dating is not mating, and mating is not dating. In fact, let me say it in another way to you. You can't mate your way into marriage, but you should date your way into marriage. And some of you go, oh, I totally, like Sean, I don't agree with that. So, so let me just set you at ease real quick, because I want you to know the truth of that reality. When it comes to sex, God doesn't say no, God says wait. When it comes to sex, see, here's what we think. Oh, if I don't mate with this person, I'm not gonna date them very long. Listen, if a guy's pressuring you to have to have sex before you get married, the truth is he's already revealed his intentions. When it comes to sex, God doesn't say no, he just says wait. And some of you go, oh, you said a four-letter word, wait. Wait. Okay, so for those of you living in in South Atlanta and and near the Chick-fil-A corporate area, I want to say it to you in a way you can understand it today, okay? Sex before marriage is kind of like Chick-fil-A on Sunday. They're not telling you no. They're just telling you to wait till Monday. Can I get an amen? I was in line the other day on Monday. It was three times around the store for a salad. And I thought, you know, no one calls, and if they do call them, they're kind of idiots. Like I would like to meet the person who breaks into a Chick-fil-A on a Sunday because they couldn't wait. Oh, I'm gonna break in. I'm gonna steal me some nuggets because it's Sunday. chick fil A's hating on us because their clothes closed not no, no. The answer is not no, the answer is wait. So this is what God says to us. He says, hey, listen, I got a plan for you that's so good for how sex is supposed to work. I'm not telling you no, I'm just telling you to wait. Because it was meant within a covenant called marriage. And it works best that way. And so that's not popular in our culture, but we need to realize that dating often gets confused with mating and it it really kind of messes things up. So I put my own spin on these words. Here's what I said this week. If we choose to mate before we date... Let's say it this way. If we choose to mate before marriage before we date before marriage, we're liable to end up with a roommate instead of a soulmate. I feel better now. (laughs) So here's the other one. We need to date people who are going in the same direction. Date people who are going in the same direction with us. The Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Look what the Bible says. It says these words do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now listen to that. Listen to what he says. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. A lot of times we get into dating relationships and we know that we're going in opposite directions with our life. This really was made uh, real to me the other day. I was over by the Ashley Park area over here in Noonan and I was driving down the road and I don't know if y'all know, but sometimes the roads are a little wide through that area and I've noticed and I'm not picking on the older people, but there was this old guy and it's happened to me twice. He turns into the wrong lane and he's coming straight at me and I'm going down my right lane and here's the thing, he's in a lane, he's just going the wrong way. And I'm literally looking at Tracy going, I think this guy's coming at us. <laughs> We're driving this way, and he's driving this way. And I'm pretty sure, because he had his wife with him, I'm pretty sure his wife was giving him an earful. Like, you are going work on the wrong way. And I think in dating, we do the same thing sometimes. We're in the lane. We're just going the wrong way. If you want to be successful at this idea that We can have great dating relationships. Date someone who's going in the same direction as you. And make sure you're going in the same direction. You see, that idea of being yoked together goes to this picture. These are two oxen. And the idea was this, is that when you would go out into the field, you would never put like a donkey with an ox. And that's part of your problem, Some of you are dating a donkey. <laughs> I figured it out. Okay, you go, he's a genius, okay? But here's the thought. We, we, we gotta get through this. He says, listen, who you yoke your life together with will determine how strong things can move forward and how much work can get done. And I wanna say this to you. Some of you are in marriages and you keep looking over at the other person going, if you were just a stronger ox, our marriage would be better. I want to, some of you are laughing. I want to remind you, you are yoked together. If one ox is going this way and the other one's going this way, your kids, they're going to be screwed up. We've got to date in the same direction. Date people who are going in the same direction. My wisdom came back to this. Bad yoking will lead to choking. Bad joking will lead to choking. That's why some of us, we feel choked in our dating relationships, because we know we're dating someone who's going the wrong way down the street. And we're like going, oh, but I love her. Oh, but I love him. Listen, God wants more for you than that. Here's the other piece. Focus on character above charisma, charm, or compatibility. This is usually when someone says, are you saying I shouldn't go on eHarmony and find my compatibility? No, listen, I believe in online dating. You go, you do? Yeah, listen, you can date bad online just like you can offline. (laughs) A computer screen doesn't change how you date. Your heart changes how you date. But if we're gonna be great at this idea of dating, we gotta focus on character. And let me say this, not characters, but character. Who someone is, who they are before they go down the aisle will only be accentuated after they go down the aisle. Do you realize that? When you get married to them, everything that is small becomes magnified. And the struggle is, is that we need to look in and we need to ask this question, let's look at their character. Let's focus on this one thought. Are they who they say they are? Are they intentional about their relationships? Because if they're a little promiscuous while they're dating, that's only gonna be accentuated in marriage. If they just lie a little bit in your relationship, you're gonna feel that a lot when you get married to that person. And it's gonna create major trust issues focused on character. And let me say this, don't put a lot of stock into compatibility, put some, chemistry's important the chemistry is in everything. In fact, in the book of Amos 3.3, 3, it says, do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? It doesn't say if they're compatible to do so. Like there's agreement. And those of you who are married, who've been married 20 plus years, know this. A lot more in life comes back. We are so different, but look what we've agreed upon. We are pursuing God together. So focus on character above charisma, everything else. So what do you do if you're in a relationship and you're dating someone and, uh, and you say, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do about this. You say, here's what you do, okay? It, it's a real spiritual term. Run. <laughs> Look what the Bible says, 2 <laughs> Timothy 2.22. It says, flee. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, run away from people who don't have great character. Otherwise, you will end up marrying them and you will try to change them. Years ago, we used to call that missionary dating. Like, he is my mission field. She is my mission field. And so we start dating someone in the idea that we're going to, in a sense, change them. I don't want to tell you this, missionary dating leads to missionary marriages. And that's why some of you are married to someone and you go, oh, I wish he would come to church. I wish he would read his Bible. I wish he knew God like I knew God. I wish we were going down the same side of the road together at the same time. God says, if you find yourself in these situations, you should run away from them because you'll spend your life trying to change them, and then you need to pursue the right things with the right heart. So here's how we fix it, okay? When it comes to marriage and dating, we need to flip the script. Here's the question that we need to focus on. We spend a lot of time in dating and in finding someone to marry asking this question, who should I pursue? And the right question is this, not Who am I pursuing, but am I becoming the right person? Am I becoming the right person? I want to ask you a real honest question here today. If you say, man, I I want to figure out this whole dating deal. Am I dateable? You say, of course I am. Have you not seen my selfies on Instagram, Sean? I am hot. I'm like an eleven. That's a whole nother issue. We'll have to address it another time. (laughs) But here's the question. Are you spending all your time trying to find the right person to only neglect the fact that you're not becoming the right person? Because becoming the right person is always more important than finding the right person. Here's the other question. Am I marriable? Am I becoming the right type of person that the person that I want to marry would be attracted to me because I am becoming that person? Now, I'm going to address this next week when we talk about marriage and singleness. It's going to be a great week. I encourage you to come back. But I want to tell you this. We need to flip that script. The world says, Who are you dating? How are you dating? It starts with here. In fact, I want to say it this way there's no way that an individual human being of flesh and blood can make you feel whole inside. It's just not true, it's a myth. The idea, I mean, I've been married 25 years and I love Tracy. I love her with every ounce of my strength. But I want you to know this, she can't make me whole. Doesn't matter how beautiful she is, how wonderful she is, all the great things she does great. God reserved a place in our heart that is only made for himself. And we only become whole through a relationship with him. Would you pray with me today? Thanks for listening to the Southcrest Church podcast. Don't forget, you can find more sermons on our website at southcrest.church. Visit us today and thanks for listening.